Hello, sexies. You are listening to Sisters of Sexuality, Five Shades of Play, and I am Taylor Sparks, your host and sex goddess for the evening. We are here for the purposes of educating, entertaining, and informing you in all areas of sexuality, sexual health, kink, relationships, and the business of sex. I am so excited as I am every week to welcome a new guest, but this week I am doubly excited because this guest is not only stunningly beautiful, She's extremely smart. But before I bring her on, let me give you a little bit more about her. Mistress Marley is a New York City-based professional dominatrix that specializes in financial domination, also known as FinDom. She is also a kink educator, play party curator, and supportive mentor of up-and-coming doms looking to embark upon a career in the industry. She is also the founder of Black Dom Sorority, and enjoys creating safe spaces for Black people to explore their sensuality. Mistress Marley, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, Taylor. Girl, I'm so excited that you are here. <laughs> and you know I'm going to ask you some of the same damn questions that everybody asks you, like, okay, like, what? So how this happened? And wait a minute. <laughs> so you were, you were sitting around one day mm-hmm. and somebody said, I'm gonna give you some money if you beat my ass. And you were like, this sounds like a good idea. What happened? How, why financial domination? Why dominatrix? Why you? <laughs> why not? Um, okay. So basically it wasn't quite where someone asked me, like, could I whooped their ass and they sent me money. It was more so work that I fell into off of survival. So I've always been in the sex work industry. I was a stripper at 19 in undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. I did some sugar baby work here and there. I did some webcamming work, only, always doing things online. But mm-hmm. I always felt like I was just getting nowhere with it. So after grad school, I was working all these different jobs, um, whether they were freelance jobs or short-term contracts or whatever. But I just always felt like the money wasn't there. I was still having to reach out to my parents to help me with groceries, still having to like try to make ends meet. I even took a job as a hostess at a swingers club <laughs> to try mm-hmm. to make ends meet, which was very mm-hmm. interesting. And mm-hmm. then one day I just, you know, Googled like how to make money online being sexy as a woman because I already knew there was webcamming. So I'm like, okay, they're probably just going to show me more webcamming things. Mm-hmm. But then I saw something that said FinDom and I'm like, okay, what is this? And I clicked into it more and it started explaining about financial domination, how you can find most FinDoms on Twitter. So of course I go to Twitter and I type it in in the search bar and this whole world just pops up. And from mm-hmm. there I'm like, oh my God. And just like everybody else starting out, I thought like, there's no way this is true. There's no way that men are just sending you money for existing. Like there's no way. I thought it was fake. But when I got my first ever um, tribute sent to my cash app. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So when you first discovered financial domination, did you think, like I thought when I discovered naked people at the resorts and swingers, I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> did you feel like these were your people? Did something on the inside go, I can do this shit. This has got to be, these are my people. Did you feel that? Or it was like, I'm going to make me some money. What the fuck? So at first it was like, I'm just going to make me some money and mind my business and stay out the way because I was new. I was just coming into it. But I was like, you know, I'm always very confident. There was never a time where I scrolled through because when I first started um, as a fin dom on Twitter, all I saw was white doms. I saw no one that looked like me, Mm -hmm. um, no one that was similar to anyone being black. So I was like, you know, 
I always went into it like I don't care that I don't see that I'm just going to jump into it myself and then after a while when I realized like how the community was and just how it just felt negative or I felt like I wasn't connecting with the white doms Mm -hmm. um, that's when I decided to step up and create black dom sorority yes Mm -hmm. yes a much needed um, community because Mm -hmm. there are many of us who are dominating people and and enjoying it and it's i think it's a great great sisterhood so when you started because there really wasn't any other community for black doms for female black doms they're just i mean i I believe you are the first is this correct um yeah so we were the uh first black dom sorority was the first to create a collective for primary non-binary and femme doms that wanted to learn Mm -hmm. regular of um pro-domination and financial domination Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and so, for those who are interested in this this particular business of sex, right? Um, do is it is it true that when you were doing financial domination, or even as a dominatrix um, as a whole, that sex, meaning penetrative sex, meaning you being penetrated, is not part of the mm, personality? Is not part of what one does or no, is it not, just an individual thing um for a majority of the industry in pro-domination and financial domination you rarely see any penetration um mm-hmm. if you do see penetration it uh, involves the dominant us pegging the sub mm-hmm. but you don't really see penetration so it's something that's kind of across the board because you want to remain dominant and mm-hmm. bdsm is not solely about sex or penetration exactly. bdsm is really about fantasy um physical pain um mental endurance emotional endurance things of that nature so it's really a thing of the mind so you don't really get too much sexual penetration or sexual intercourse mm-hmm. so let's let i want to go back and unpack a few things so mm-hmm. you discover this world and you think okay i'm going to make some money how do you begin how do you decide on what your your type of domination so your type of domination style is how do you so, figure that part out? So when I first started out, even before I was a dom, I was always into taking pictures, selfies, outfit pictures. I was just always big on just showing myself off. That's just how I've been since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first form of my dom persona was just being myself, um, just taking sexy pictures, taking cute selfies, doing the little seductive videos I like to do, things of that nature, and going into it that way. So that was my brand of content. Then eventually Mm -hmm. I got into the content of taking pictures of receipts to be reimbursed. For instance, going out to dinner, having a $60 dinner, taking a picture, uploading it on Twitter and saying like, I just spent this much on dinner, reimburse me pay pigs or reimburse me cash cows or whatever we call them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's when I got my first tribute and I was like, holy shit, this is real. Life has changed. Time to quit my job. So it's like- So you literally quit your job like within- weeks or months of discovering financial domination and that you could get tributes? No. So it took me about a year and a half before I actually quit my job. I was working a nine to five corporate job um, that Mm -hmm. I had got at Gap. Um, But I was starting to realize that I'm making way more money online and financial domination than I am in my job in a week. So it's like, you know, it was even to the point where when I was doing, um, when I got into female led domination or femdom and I started doing sessions, I was seeing clients on lunch breaks I was doing really yeah I was doing I was doing humiliation sessions on the phone on lunch breaks things of that nature I was doing cash meets on lunch breaks so it was just one of those wait wait what's a what's a cash meet 
So a cash me is basically when you meet a fin sub, which is a financial domination sub mm-hmm. in, in public, in a public place. And mm-hmm. um, he hands you over an agreed upon amount or you guys go to the ATM and you tell him to take out an amount and he gives it to you. That's for people that really want to do it in person. But I will say fin dom is 90% virtual, 10% in person. Right, right, right. Yeah. So other than the financial benefit, you know, who doesn't want to be paid, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for something that you enjoy. And I I would have to believe that as a dominatrix, you you should not should, I guess nobody should do shit, but that you would get some enjoyment mm-hmm. out of dominating others, yes? Yes, yes, for sure. So so does it what type of enjoyment do you get from it? Is it a like a natural high? Is it a I'm the fucking queen of the fucking world high? You fucking pay pigs? Is it a is it a sexual high? What how would you describe the satisfaction you get as a dominatrix? For me, it's a bad bitch high. It's like mm. I get the money and I walk off and it's like somebody just paid me just for existing just for being me they just paid yes. for my dinner they just paid for my rent they just paid for my bills they just did this this and this and all I had to do was show up and look damn good so it's mm-hmm. like you know that feeling in itself you just feel so powerful especially as a black woman when you know we're told so many times we have to be this way and that way and this way yeah it's like I could completely be myself and get paid for it and at the same time it's like we know the subs are getting off, but the subs are getting off mentally. And that's what I like about it. It's the mental games for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you, so what that is for the submissive, right? Or the, 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 um, the financial sub, their satisfaction is in pleasing you. Yes. Their dominatrix. Yes. 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 Their satisfaction is in pleasing us. Um, they get a little thrill from knowing they're giving money to someone that's not giving them anything in return. Um, even subs that send online and never meet you in person, they're getting a thrill off of just knowing they're sending money to someone they will never meet. So it's so many different things all in one. It is so many different things. And at the beginning, were you thinking, is this really like going to continue for months and months and months? Or is this, or you know, is this one person going to stop or do you, you know, how, how many years have you been a, I'm, a pro dom? I've been a pro dom now for three and a half years. For three and a half years. So yeah. let's say the first six months, were you thinking this has just got to stop at some point? People are not going to keep doing this. <laughs> no, because you know what? I realize there are millions and maybe even billions of subs out there. It's like, even if somebody's not a sub today, just them watching me and being intrigued by me could make them into a sub tomorrow. I mean, I've had hmm. I've had clients that came to me and said, I've never done this before, but I saw you and I really want to get into it, you know? So it's just like, when I first got into it, there was never anything where I was like, oh, this is going to have to end eventually or this isn't going to last long. I was just like, we're going to keep this going and we're going to grow and learn more as we go along mm-hmm. because the sky's the limit. And so I'm always mm-hmm. big on just trying to learn more. What can I do new today that I didn't do yesterday, you know? So, yeah. So interestingly enough. um, So what were your avenues of learning? Were there mentors that you were working with other pro doms that you had opportunities to be a mentee under or at least have conversation with or recommendations from? So this isn't something that I'm proud to admit because it's sad and it's something I wish I could have experienced, but I didn't have a mentor. 
Um, mm. I didn't have anybody at the time that I felt like I could reach out to. I mean, I didn't really start learning more about the Dom community and the veterans, you know, weren't as accessible to me until I started growing more in my career and started following more people and started seeing more people on social media. And, you mm-hmm. know, everything now is so mainstream that you're starting to see more of these Doms has been around for a long time and you're learning about them now. So I didn't have mm-hmm. a mentor. I had to learn from Google. <laughs> I had to yeah. learn from videos on the Internet. Um, I just had to learn from those avenues, which is also why I created my sex academy. Cause I was like, you know, where are people learning? How are people learning? You know, if I had half the information that I'm teaching now, when I started, I probably would have had, a, um, my career probably would have took off a little quicker or mm-hmm. a little better, or I wouldn't have made so many mistakes that I made in the beginning. So I didn't have anyone to help me in the beginning, which is why I'm so big now on building community. Yes, 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 yes. This mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing. And yeah, I totally under, I understand that not from the dominatrix portion. I mean, I've had the opportunity to meet a couple of pro doms, one, you know, um, I, who I know, you know, Jet Sitting Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've known for some time and I can always reach out to her and go, this is what I'm about to do. Am I doing this shit right? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. And then do this too. I'm like, oh, yes. You right, know, right. so I've had an opportunity to do that. And um, I've worked alongside of, uh, I don't know if you know, know um goddess phoenix mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah so because we both work in the primarily in the swinging community which of course there's a lot of overlap with the king community there mm-hmm. and um but you know i've had a few people that i could talk to and have some things you know that to help me out on some minor things but having the black dom sorority i think is absolutely amazing so if one person as myself who even just knows a you know what I consider a minuscule amount about domination I'm naturally dominant I do switch but almost never (laughs) (laughs) I can switch for the right person at the right time yeah that's me that's me all the way and, and it's usually sex, you know, it's right. like, okay, fine. You know, but then after about 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, my turn, turn over. You know, I, yeah. I can't, I can't stay in the submissive role for too long. It, it's a, it takes a lot of effort for me to stay there, but I do it for my, my partner because he is 122% dominant mm-hmm. and, um, but he knows I'm a switch. So, but right. he's like, we'll, we'll go beat somebody's ass together. Cause I ain't switching it. Like, fine, <laughs> fine. <laughs> right, so right. we go, we go tag team someone, but for someone like myself, who is just, you know, has, you know, what I consider maybe five or 10% of knowledge mm-hmm. in what it would take to be, you know, a pro dom, what can I expect if, you know, by being part of the sorority, other than, you know, of course, the community, you know, are there modules or chapters or things mm-hmm. that I need that, that takes me step by step to become a professional? So you can expect community. You can expect so many resources from the basics of BDSM, safety and consent, how to market yourself as a, as a business, how to start a business, how to even become a sex worker influencer. Um, even mm-hmm. within the sorority, we have so many meetups, whether they're brunches, networking events. Um, we just had Exotica in New Jersey this past mm-hmm. weekend, the convention. And, you know, so many members came out and I got to meet so many members because nice. we have we have around 110 members and we're all in different states. So it's like I can't always see them or meet them. And some of them I'm still meeting for the first time. You know, I've met mm-hmm. them. I've met them virtually through Zoom, but it's like to meet them in person is different. But it's really just having that overall community of not only people that you can learn from, but people that are going to check you if you need to be checked, but in a loving way, in a respectful sure. way, you know, because 
you know, we learn best from each other and it's best to keep our community in check, you know, especially as black people, black femmes, black non-binary, mm-hmm. you know, we have mm-hmm. to really keep each other together and in, you know, in place and in check, respectfully so. And and that is amazing. And then with regards to safety, I know King and Jazz did a seminar maybe two years ago about how to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Um, online or even meeting people in person. Um, you know, when you work in the BDSM community, um, and so what are some of the things that you recommend for, especially, you know, as a as a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And, and even a black woman in, in America of all mm-hmm. fucking thing, of all fucking places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you teach and or suggest that we do in order to maintain our own safety as a pro doc i definitely teach like screening i teach Mm -hmm. getting references vetting getting id um meeting in public places protecting Mm -hmm. your personal identity um i even recommend like you know having protection always being on guard i mean no matter what level of safety you think you're doing, you always still have to be on guard. The one thing about the sex worker industry is we always have to have our own backs, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I even still recommend security, but you still need to be on top of your game. And then also there's things to, you know, be um, clear about during BDSM sessions, you know, safety of the person that you're working with, safety of yourself, exactly. um, knowing hard limits, soft limits, uh, verbal and nonverbal consent. There's so many things that we have to learn, but I, think it's best when we learn as a community and Mm -hmm. I think the number one takeaway from safety is screen 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 you can never Mm -hmm. do enough screening I don't care how much money this person is offering you or how desperate you might be at the time if if you're on desperate times or whatever screen 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 it could literally be the difference between life or death and that's just the reality of this industry Mm -hmm. so screening big time (laughs) yeah and and I think and that's amazing I think that's wonderful thank you I think um, not only with the screening, I, it, it's true even if you're dating in general, right? Yeah, yeah. And people want to say, oh my God, you know, the BDSM, it's so dangerous and dominatrix is so dangerous. I'm like, there are people being, there are more people being killed by their partners that they're living with. <laughs> right, right. Then there, then there are, you know, somebody being attacked during a, during a FINDOM session, right? Yeah. Or a scene. Yeah. By, you know, with someone turning on you, more people are being harmed by the people they know than the people that they don't know, which is no reason not to do the screening. But I think that when you screen and ask people for all of this shit, Mm -hmm. I think that does give them, and you tell me, you know, does that give the, does that make the submissive feel like if I fuck up, I'll never get this opportunity again, or if I do something wrong, they have all of my information so I can run, but I can't hide. Definitely. What, so yeah. What does it, do you get pushback from the submissive? And if you do, or the possible client, what happens when they don't want to give you like specifics, you know? So it's, it's really simple with me and it's simple with a lot of other doms that I know. If you don't want to give me the information I'm requiring, I will not be seeing you. There's no if, ands or buts about it. There's no negotiation. My safety mm-hmm. and my life can't be negotiated at any point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like you do get that pushback. You do get those subs that don't want to submit that. Or they, you get subs that might be like, oh, Dom so-and-so didn't ask for this. Well, then go back to Dom so-and-so. But this Dom cares about her safety and it's not mm-hmm. to be negotiated. And this is the things that we need to do. So it's like 
you know, when we get that pushback, you just have to be stern. You just have to put your foot down and things of that nature because it's just like you never know who people really are. And us getting that information, not only does it make it so I have your information, you can run, but you can't hide. But also, if you do something stupid, we can add you to a blacklist so other doms can know and you can never book with anyone else. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, it's important to get that information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do are you able to tell me what we what do you ask for specifically? So I'll ask for um, ID. I like to ask mm-hmm. for um, references because the biggest thing for me is references. If mm-hmm. you give me a reference for a dom, I'm not just going to say, okay, well, you gave me a dom name. No, I'm going to actually go to that dom and ask them about you. If they tell mm-hmm. me that you were this type of person in session or whatever, or you were bad, I'm not going to work with you. I always take mm-hmm. the word of other sex workers or try to. Um, yeah. You know, so we do references. Um we get ID, we do other screenings. Sometimes I'll even do a, a in public first meet, like an interview. So at a restaurant or somewhere mm-hmm. super, super, super public. Um, or even if I just bring a friend along with me or whatever. So I'm making sure that I'm doing all these different things. Um, mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that the person is who they say they are. Correct. And correct. another do thing you... I like to do also, like mm-hmm. there's, there's an app called Kick, and Kick allows you to do a live photo. So I have this sub send a live photo, lets you know when the photo was taken and at what time. So, you know, that's another way to verify. Oh, so they're not sending you a photo from, you know, 16 months ago or three exactly. years ago. Exactly. And now it's totally somebody else that sh- that shows up at Starbucks. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Starbucks is my favorite meet and greet place. <laughs> <laughs> I That's where I have my Tinder catch and release program that oh I do. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, it works with any, it works with any, you know, dating app, but I call it the Tinder catch and release. And oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. I, because I, I get my five answers question, my five questions answered online. Then I go, let I don't do dates. You know, this is like yeah. for, this is for personal dating, right? But right. I think it could work for anything, you know. But I get my five questions answered, my top five questions, and I think there's some chemistry. Then we meet. I allot thirty minutes to sixty minutes tops, right? And then I get my top ten questions answered, and if it works out good, you know then it's a catch and then we can right. schedule a schedule a date because by the time I finish 10 ounces of coffee I I know if I want to be fucking bothered with you or not right <laughs> it don't take that goddamn long like you don't even date the wife for three fucking months ask all the goddamn questions right up front right oh my and god then, that's a good idea <laughs> yeah and then if it doesn't work out you release them back to the wild See? exactly <laughs> catch and release oh my god catch and release great. and you know you release them back at the very least you've made a friend Right, you know? right, right. But all this dating and being stuck with you over a meal for an hour and a half, I don't no. have time for that shit. Right, no. Girl, no. I'm grown and I'm older. And, you know, I've got more doors closed behind me than I have open in front of me. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I feel the time. same way that the dating pool, the dating pool is trash right now. And I hate it. <laughs> it's you a mess. This, it's, I don't, I never think the dating pool is trash. I just think. Catch and release. This fish isn't big enough. Next, I don't think it's trash, but I'm on like okay, Cupid, Tinder, and Hinge. I just boop, 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 boop. I've been matched with 47 guys. Like I feel on, like it's on, too uh, much. It's too many catch and releases out there. It's not enough catches and keep them. Like it's just it's not <laughs> it's not enough of those. And it's like you, you might go have it's just you at the very least you'll meet a friend. I've met guys who became my my um salsa dance partners. I've met guys who like work in IT. It's like, oh no, I can do a scan of your of your website and look for any bugs you do that for me right like a guy gave me like a five thousand dollar sales fucking program (laughs) there's always something you you get out of it 
Yeah, that's what it is with subs too. I mean, we use subs to run errands, do laundry. Um, yeah. I mean, because you're not always going to get subs that can pay or might can afford, but they can do something else. I mean, I moved from from Harlem to Brooklyn, and so I had someone come pack up all my stuff in Harlem for me, where I didn't yes. have to lift a finger, you know. So yes, and this is my next thing. I have decided I needed domestic submissive. Mm-hmm. I don't like to clean. I mean, I keep a clean house, but I don't want to, because I like to clean the house, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to fucking do it no more. I'm like, somebody needs to, my man's in Lebanon. Somebody needs to come take out the fucking trash. (laughs) Every time I get it, fucking take out the trash, I get an attitude. Yeah. Goddamn shit. If I go to the beach and carry my own shit, where's my Sherpa? Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've I've always wanted a domestic sub, but I'm very wary about it just because they have to be in your home and they will know where you live. Yeah. I feel like that would have to be someone that I've known for years and years yeah. and years because I'll get a lot of requests of, oh, I want to be domestic sub. I want to clean. I'm like, oh, it sounds so tempting. But at the same time, I don't know you. And now you're going to know where I live. So it's like, eh. yeah, 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 yeah. And I, so, and so in that regard, right? So we're not going to have anyone at the home, mm-hmm. but you're at events. So you're public as, you know, as a pro dom. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have these submissives, but you're also out at public events. So people know where you actually are. Mm -hmm. Does it ever become a concern or are you or are you always with security now at this level? Yeah. At all of my events, I have a whole team behind me, whether Mm -hmm. that's my assistant, whether that's the trifecta, which is Goddess Brie and Goddess Rue, two other women that I work with personally and we do stuff together. Or mm-hmm. whether that's my friends that have come or my supporters or whoever, I always have a team. I'm never at a public event alone like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm very big on on being very careful of my surroundings and where I am. I mean, even if I just go out to eat and, you know, post that I'm at this certain restaurant, I post that after I've already left. Exactly. <laughs> and that's my that's my biggest key to a lot of people. And I teach that to a lot of women. Never post where you are in real time. Wait until mm-hmm. you leave. Yeah, because yeah. people will show the fuck up. They will. You think they won't in that small amount of time you're there, but they'll be there before you know it. Before you know it. I had, <laughs> so I, I think I mean, I teach a lot in the swimming community mm-hmm. and I was in Cat Dash in the south of France. Mm-hmm. My very first time in the south of France at a pool party that had people from probably 40 different countries Everybody's naked. Mm-hmm. It was like you had to go past people, literally had to slide your body past on their body to get through. That's mm-hmm. how crowded it was. And I was walking, sliding through people. Hola, bonjour, bon dia, come that? And, and this white guy said to me, Mariposa. And I went, yes. And he goes, it's, it's me, I'm, Robert. Uh, I, I follow you online. I'm like, are you on the ship with us? Because we were on a cruise and we didn't stop there. And he said, no, 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 but I'm in the group and I knew you were going to be here. So I booked my, I booked my holiday hoping to meet you. Oh my God. Now that to me, like, and I'm like, (sighs) um, but now it just so happens that I went, cause I could have went to the pool party. I could have went shopping. I could have went to the, there was option. I just happened to go to the pool party and he happened to be there, but he knew the ship was coming and he knew that I was going to be on the ship. So he booked his week to be there. Now, fortunately it was, it was, you know, this, this is the swinger community and everybody likes to fuck. So nobody's like, nobody's being mean and not, 
99% of the people are sweet and wonderful because people want pussy or dick. Right. So you're, you're not going to get it if you're a fucking asshole. Right. So, but it was sweet, but a little creepy. <laughs> mm. I mean, that, that recently happened to me at Exotica, but you know, I wasn't as on the defense because it's Exotica. People come out to see porn stars and, of course. and content creators. And they knew you were going to be there. Yeah, exactly. So, but that, that is a little. <laughs> All the way in France. Right, and he was from Germany. And I'm like flattered, but a little creeped out. But mm-hmm. I mean, we've it's been five years now. We've since become really good friends. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so now me, him and his woman meet because he was like, here's my woman, you know, and I actually introduced me to her. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we meet up every year in Cap now. I just saw him. But it, when it first happened, I'm like, huh, okay. Right. This is, this is a little interesting, you know, <laughs> as you put yourself out there publicly right why do you think in your experience that the submissives who have chosen you know financial domination as opposed to and 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 humiliation you know as opposed to domestic servitude or they just want a scene where you beat you know impact play is there is there something you've noticed about the the fin subs that are different than the other subs like is there something that stands out for you about them i think what stands out for me is that i'll get a lot of fin subs and hit me up they'll be like hey mistress i'm not really into being beat or or touched or or tortured or anything like that or whatever but i do want to send you my money so it all comes down to a thing of interest i have some Mm. fin subs that they want to send money but they don't want to be dominated they don't want to be flogged they don't want to be paddled they don't want to be into any of that stuff they just want to simply send their money in support of what i do or just in support of making my life better so um i think that's usually the difference and then you of course you have the subs that you know the domesticated ones like oh i don't have the money to spend or i'm not into being a fin sub but this is what i can offer so everyone's offering something just like Mm -hmm. doms are always offering different personas and different services Mm -hmm. subs are Mm -hmm. also Mm-hmm. yeah interesting interesting so th- you know this is so good this is so much good information <laughs> <laughs> so what are the other so what are some of the misconceptions about financial domination what are some of the things that either people in the vanilla world or people that are new in the bdsm world come to you and say x y and z and you have to you know correct or steer a different direction so when I first started out, I used to read the comments on Twitter, like under my posts or my, my viral posts. And people always say, you're making that person do that for you. And why are you taking advantage? I mean, even when I walked the sub on a leash um, at homecoming, you know, people, mm-hmm. people were under my comments saying, you're making this old man do that. You're taking advantage of him. I'm like, people don't realize everything that you see me do is consensual. Even when mm-hmm. I'm recording a sub, I ask before I record or before I post or anything of that nature. So... That's one of the biggest misconceptions I get that where, you know, fandoms are making them send money against their will, which is completely impossible because they have to go on their cash app and confirm like what? Twice? Right. When you send money, you when you send money, they give you multiple confirmations to say yes or no before you send it. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's like they have to do that. And then, you know, even within the BDSM mm-hmm. community, a lot of us fandoms get told that we're not real kinksters. We're not really into BDSM, things of that nature, because fandom no. is still, still looked down on, um, surprisingly no. so. Yeah. Oh, my God. This amazes me, the judgment in, in alternative communities, swinger mm-hmm. community, poly community, kink community. Like, you're in an alternative lifestyle. How are you going to fucking judge exactly some people, but some people can judge a ray of sunshine oh, you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah and it's, and <laughs> it's a mess. so wait 
So let's talk about that particular sub at homecoming that that <laughs> blew up your 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 name, your position. I don't mm-hmm. know what to call it, but it got a lot of attention. How did that even come to be? How did you and this submissive decide that this was going to happen at this particular location? And they agreed. So um, around that time, I had put an ad out on FetLife that I was coming to North Carolina and I went into session with some subs because, you know, me, when I'm traveling, even if it's for vacation, I'm still sort of working in my head. So I always think, well, if I can book a session with a sub in this area, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea about North Carolina subs because, you know, I started my I'm from North Carolina, born and raised, lived there 23 years. But I uh-huh. started but I started my career in New York. So I didn't know anything about the kinky community in North Carolina or anything of that nature. So I put the ad out. Um, the sub replied, he was like, I would love to do public humiliation. I would love for you to walk me on a leash at homecoming. And the Aquarius in me is naturally like, uh, fuck yeah. Like I, feel like, I feel like most people would have been like, oh no, that's going to be a lot of fucking people. Like, I'm not doing that. And it's a black campus. Like, it's an HBCU. Fuck yeah. It's an HBCU. Yeah. So I said, oh, why not? That would have been like, yes! Go ahead, I, was like, I was like, all my friends are going to be there. They could be my security because all my closest friends are gay men. Um, and, and they love me. They treat me like little sister. They're very uh, overprotective or whatever. And I'm like, I'll have them as security. They'll love it. Like, I don't have friends that are like, don't do that around me. Like, I have friends that are like, yes, bitch, do that, please. Like, yes, do yes. it. Like all, of, like, all of my friends are my assistants. All my friends work at my swinger parties, and they were never in the lifestyle before. I mean, oh like, I'm the type of friend that drags my friends into all my shit, but they love it there. Like, they just have a great time. So um, I get to North Carolina and he's so excited. I wasn't supposed to walk him on the leash about two, 3 PM. He's so excited that he's waiting in the parking lot at the school till like 11 in the morning. Like he's, he's there early 11 in the morning. And I'm just like, Oh gosh, it's the dedication for me. Okay. So, So I get there and you know, we meet and I go to collar him and I realize my collar is too small for his neck. He had a little, he had a little neck fat. And okay. um, that's why in the picture of the video, you see the leash around his wrist because that's the only place I could get it to fit. Okay. And I remember, you know, it still was treated like a session. Of course, when I got there, I asked him hard, soft limits, uh, limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him a safe word. I told him, you know, to do the stoplight, red, yellow, green. If at any point mm-hmm. he uh, feels a type of way. And we just started doing a public humiliation. And the thing is, for me, I was so in session that everyone around me didn't really matter. Like, as I'm walking through the area, I'm not like, oh, look at all these people looking. Like, I never felt that way. Um, mm. So the part that goes viral is a video that I, I didn't even know was being taken of me. So you see me posing in the video, but I'm posing from my best friend's camera in front of me because I wanted my own pictures. Yes, but yes. someone was recording off to the side, and that ended up going viral on Twitter. I remember me and the sub finished the session, went home. We did, I did ask the care, gave him a hug and told him, thank you. He went home. And I remember, you know, after that, we went to home, we finished homecoming, got drunk and all that stuff. Went back to the Airbnb and crashed with my friends, woke up the next day and my Twitter was like glitching on fire. Like I went from a thousand followers to 13 K overnight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, what the fuck? And it's not like anybody texted me. It was like, oh, go check your Twitter. No, I just got on and saw it was going crazy. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Yes. Oh my God. It was crazy. How good. So from that day to this day, how's business? <laughs> oh my gosh. Business is amazing because not only 
am I still pro domination and financial domination? But I branched off to so many other things. Like mm-hmm. um, at the height of COVID, March 2020, I started kink. Uh, I mean, the Sex Academy. You know, kink educator mm-hmm. stuff and how to build a business as a sex worker. And then mm-hmm. I started uh, throwing play parties, and those have been amazing. I think those have been the most fun thing in my whole career. I've thrown so far since 2019. I've thrown nine parties. Our tenth one is on November 6th, our holiday party. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I started that under Black and Kinky. And then I also started throwing goddess brunches to where I was traveling to different cities and putting Mm -hmm. on great, exquisite meals for women. Mostly Black women would come and they learn domination. They get to practice on subs and they get to dress up. I call it goddess brunch and high tea. So, you know, I've been doing. You need to do that down here in Miami. I know. So I keep keep getting requests. Um, So we're going to DC in March and Houston in April. But I would definitely love to add a Miami stop. I think it would be so much fun. Oh, I'd um, love to be able to be a part of that and support yes. it in a way with my business with Organic Lovin'. Yes, you of know? course. Yeah, this year we did um, we did Atlanta and we did New York and we had over 150 guests at each one. So yeah, because we got the nude we have the nude beach here. Mm-hmm. Girl, we got the nude beach here. Mm-hmm. That would be to to, to just. Talk about the ultimate in humiliation. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I would love to do it. Yes, that would be, I literally, I'm so close. It's it's the nude beach in Miami is, is amazing. Talk about a place to do some great humiliation yeah. would be, yeah, to strip these motherfuckers down. Oh <laughs> and whip, is whipping allowed on the beach? Is, is impact, is it? This you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I've done some spanking sessions on the beach. Anybody okay. can stop me, but okay. you know, we'll get there early and we'll get we'll get there before the fucking um, lifeguards get there. Right. Okay, <laughs> good. That that's good. I mean if the lifeguards are down too, you know, I you know, whatever they yeah, consent, yeah. whatever they, they consent to. Fuck. But um it's- they don't, they don't fucking get, they don't care. They're like, Hey, long as nobody, my ears, I'm, they're only here to make sure they're to make sure no one drowns. Got so. you. Yeah. But yeah, business has been great. Good. So, so like you said, during COVID at the height of COVID, you were having play parties and people were showing up mm-hmm. and you started the kink Academy because mm-hmm. a lot of things were online and that also helped business wise for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So we have the black Dom's sorority. Mm-hmm. We have the play parties, which mm-hmm. are called Black and kinky, just real Black simple. Black and kinky. Mm-hmm. And then we have the brunches, which are called? Goddess brunches. The goddess, because you know I'm a, I am a goddess, so mm-hmm. I'm a sex goddess. I'm, I'm a yes. sex goddess. Yes. So, <laughs> goddesses are goddesses. I love all Yes, goddesses. all goddesses are welcome. So that that sounds amazing. And mm-hmm. and then we have you as the pro-dom. Is yes. there anything you're not doing? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, I'm starting my lingerie line will be uh, here in January on my birthday. <laughs> really? Okay, so tell me, tell me about the lingerie line. Yeah, so um, it's called Pink Matrix. And um, so my background is in fashion. So my undergrad degree was in fashion design. I learned everything technical from how to sew, how to do things from scratch, everything you can imagine I can make. And then my grad degree was in fashion marketing because I wanted to learn the business. And that's why I moved to New York for grad school. So it's coming back full circle. But my main focus with my lingerie line is really focusing on sex workers and making a voice for them because I feel like there's tons of lingerie lines out there, but they kind of skip over. They kind of skip over that majority of their customers are sex workers. That's who's buying the shit. Yes. We're buying it. We're buying the lingerie. Yes. Yeah. So will it be 
Um, so it will be like a sexy lingerie. Will there also be a dominatrix aspect to any of it? Or, you know, will yeah. there be segments? Yeah, so it'll be uh, sexy lingerie. There'll be like uh, BDSM and leather things, outfits of that nature. And I'm going to go all the way up to size 5XL. So I want to be very size inclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's going to be bright colors. It's going to be really built around sensuality and seduction and, you know, really being who you are while still being sexy and mysterious. So it's like entering the pink matrix, you know? So, yeah, this is a wonderful, I went years ago when I first started going, started going hedonism. Mm -hmm. Um, We had went and then we booked a week at the uh, Hedo three that is no longer open and didn't realize, because you're always, if you're going to go to any of these resorts, Check out their calendar so you know who's there that week. Yeah, I stayed at Hito. I stayed at Hito in May. Very interesting. You had ne- you never been before? So I had been before on a day pass and literally was only there for five hours. But mm. this, this year I went back with Mocha Fest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. not really a swing event. Yeah, I know. No. Um, I know them. Yeah, and I stayed at Hito. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mocha. <laughs> Fe- we'll we'll talk about some other amazing events offline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you might enjoy. Um, uh, I was going to, so, and we went, there was a week at the time called kink in the Caribbean. Okay. This is probably 10 years ago now. And it was a whole takeover of the resort. It was all BDSM all the time, all day, everywhere. And I'm like, what in the entire fuck? There were (laughs) the big tent on the beach. They had set up for sessions. There were people tied to fucking trees for mm-hmm. hours upon hours. One girl was tied one leg up, one leg down. She was like on a full split on the goddamn tree. Oh, wow. So there was just, there was just a tail whip there that anybody could come by and, and I'm like, what the hell? So I can beat your ass, <laughs> but I can't suck your man's dick. But I don't understand this <laughs> BDSM thing at the time. We're like, no, we don't, we don't fuck anybody. Right. Why not? Mm. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? We're here for the fucking, like, no, we're here for the king. <laughs> And so then I got, you know, but then I was so intrigued and I met mm-hmm. my first uh, pro dom and she had a sub who was like uh, a CEO of like a fortune 500 company. Like mm-hmm. he had like, uh, you know, like 10,000 people under his command mm-hmm. and he had been her sub for like seven years. Oh, wow. And he was dressed up like a fucking clown and dressed up in lady shit. And I actually interviewed them. I know I still have that interview somewhere because I was doing a book at the time. And I just found it so, and that was the, my first introduction to Finn Domination, Pro Domination, because he mm-hmm. paid for everything, their mm-hmm. whole week there. And then at the end, he strapped on a, um, um, not a muzzle, um, a funnel. Mm. And I'm like, what's the funnel for? Oh, and, he looks wow. and she said, you may speak. <laughs> And he said, for urine. And I went, excuse me? And she said, yes, the urine fetish is really strong with some people. I'm like, what? Oh, it is, it is. I'm like, who's urine? And and he said, the mistresses or anybody that she deems worthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Just when I thought I was doing something like, look at me, I'm topless on the beach. Right. Yes, I'm bold. Right. I'm bolden. Right. <laughs> like, this no. motherfucker's on a funnel. I still, I'm still learning a lot of new things myself. But yes, uh, golden showers, all that yeah. stuff. Water sports is very, very like highly requested. Very. Yeah, my man had a session with some girl who 
you know, he's learned to not leave with his dick. He's, you know, he's, you know, he's been learning and I've given him lots of books. And then he finally met some older doms, you know, so he's not leading with his dick anymore. But mm-hmm. he met this girl and they were going to have a session and he wanted to fuck her because that's, you know, and yeah. she's like, I didn't come here to fuck you. Right. I, came here so, I came here so you can beat my ass. Right. And after you beat my ass, because he's very much an impact play, after you beat my ass, if I feel like being fucked, I'll let you know. Right, right. So I'm like, I love, she stood by what the fuck she came to get. Yeah, have to. Yeah, she had to, and she did. She got she got the shit beat out of her, and it mm. worked out great for her. And he was happy, and she was happy, so it worked out. Yeah. Well, girl, so. coming up can you repeat that i think the first part cut out a little i was saying that um are there any events that you would like to tell us that you have coming up yes yeah, so november 6th is the final black and kinky party of the year it's called spanksgiving and ah. we are celebrating a two-year anniversary so it's going to be a big blowout it's going to be crazy so far i have a hundred confirmed guests so nice. it's going to be uh, here in New York. And then I have an online class coming up November 18th called Catch the Coins, um, How mm-hmm. to Start a Successful Business in a Sex Work Industry. That's a Zoom course. Um, you can find all these things on my Twitter, by the way. And then after that, um, at the top of the year, we have Goddess Brunch DC in March and Goddess Brunch Houston in April. So a lot of things coming up. And in between, I might drop some online classes, but we'll see. I like to surprise people. Yes, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> Mistress Marley, it has been wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, Taylor. You're amazing. Oh, girl, thank you. Thank you. So listen, people, if you want to stay up to date with Mistress Marley, you can visit her website at thechocolatedumb.com, and that's D-O-M-M-E.com. And also you can find her under the Chocolate Dumb on IG and under her YouTube, D-O-M-M-E. And of course, to find out about all her upcoming classes and events and where she's going to be, you can visit her Twitter page at EyesXOnFire, that's E-Y-E-S-X as in Xerox, O-N-F-I-R-E, and the link will be on the page as well. And of course, to stay up with Sisters of Sexuality, you can visit us on our website at sistersofsexuality.com and Sisters of Sexuality on all of the social media platforms. And if you have any questions for me or my guests, feel free to email us at sistersofsexuality at gmail.com. And you can, of course, come find me on my main page, Organic Lovin', L-O-V-E-N, and all social media. And if you like this episode, please leave us a comment. And as always, please share, subscribe, and support. And until next week, bye-bye. Organic Lovin', for the bodies you love to love. How do people describe you? Are you curious, playful, maybe sensual, adventurous? How about open-minded? The truth is, no matter who you are, Organic Lovin' has something to indulge your fantasies. We offer only organic, natural, and eco-friendly intimate body products, including vegan condoms, organic lubricants, body-safe sex toys, and sex-positive books. You won't find anything harmful in our products or toys. We also have a full range of other experiences, including erotic seminars and exotic adult-only vacations. Receive our adult subscription box for a monthly sexual delight. Be educated, 
Entertained and informed. Organic Lovin'. For her, for him, for you, for the bodies you love to love. Visit OrganicLovin.com. We offer shipping worldwide, so stop by the site anytime. Organic Lovin'. That's L-O-V-E-N dot com. <laughs>